Now, it's time for two blokes talking tech. I just think technology is awesome. Good advice for anyone who is looking for a laptop. With all the latest news and information about technology. Now that, that's the guy. <laughs> it's so hard to take a bad photo now with these cameras. I brilliant. think that stuff is just brilliant. It is something that people really need to look at. Two blokes talking tech. Haven't we got the best jobs in the world? We have. <laughs> we absolutely have the best job. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. I love talking technology. And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Do you really need a 10 megapixel camera to take those images? I'd say not. Two blokes talking tech. Embrace those little ideas there. Have a look around and, and ask questions. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. I'm Trevor Long. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 17. Thank you for downloading via iTunes or at uh, twoblokestalkingtech.com. And do get in touch, uh, twoblokestalkingtech.com. Send us an email. And it's all thanks to the good people at Samsung with their smart TVs and Netgear. Wonderful. Connecting with innovation. Stephen, hello, mate. How are you, Trevor? I'm excellent. It's been a big week, uh, as always, and there's a lot going on. We've probably got uh, some very interesting topics to talk about. about Exactly. So let's get uh, let's get cracking. Now, Matt, I have a very well stated position on 3D, and um, I, <laughs> as you've pointed out so many times in the past, Trevor. I I don't. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of blindsided this week uh, with an announcement by LG of their uh, LG Optimus 3D phone, and we were both uh, present for the launch. And um, you know, as I said to you at the time, uh, I was impressed. It's 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 a very similar experience to the Nintendo 3DS because this is a phone that. In, in which you can watch 3D content and some of the menus and everything can be 3D and you don't need glasses. Yeah, that's, uh, I, it was, it was an impressive device I found, Trevor. Uh, and you're right, it is, it is very much, uh, similar to the 3DS. Now, we should make it clear though that the general operation of the phone, it's an Android phone, that's all in 2D. Yeah. Uh, you don't need glasses. When you want to go into 3D mode, there's a switch on the side of the phone that takes you into a 3D area of the phone where you can access the gallery, access the camera, play the 3D games, and you don't need the glasses. Now, I think we were chatting about this on the day. It took me a couple of minutes to find that little sweet spot, the right distance yep. about 30 away to from 40 my face centimeters to hold away the right from your angle. Face. Yep. Yeah, so that took a little bit, but once I got it in the right spot, it was it was actually I was surprised how how good the uh, the quality of the 3D uh, image uh, came across. And I would hazard to say it's better than the 3DS, and that's probably only because of the screen size. I mean, this yeah, thing's got yeah. got an impressive size and impressive color screen. Um, and look, uh, it 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 literally jumps out at you. The menu when you get into the 3D system, it's 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 three dimensional. Yeah, and I quite like the camera. There's a, there's a dual lens five megapixel camera on the back of the device mm-hmm. and I, I was sh- actually shooting video I think you were sitting on the opposite side of the boardroom table in the presentation yep. and I was actually included you in my little video I swept across the room and back again and then viewed it again on the on the handset and it, it, it was 3D right there uh, and it, during the demo which what, what I thought was quite impressive too they connected the LG phone using the HDMI out port mm. to a 3D TV yep. uh, and then on the big screen we were watching 3D the video and the pictures they'd taken but we had to put the glasses on to view it on the television, of yep. course, but it was a surprisingly good quality on now, the TV. And a really interesting thing, uh, they made a point of saying, look, the lenses are close together on the back because what they believe is that camera phones are predominantly used for close-range photos. So you're not taking, you know, yep. wide-sweeping panoramas. You're taking photos with your friends at a party. You even take, you know, self-portraits with friends. And the demo that they gave was very interesting. It was, you 
know, uh, uh, one of the PR ladies standing there with her arm out pointing towards <laughs> the camera. And I've got to tell you, um, that was probably the one thing that blew me away was to sit there and look on the, you know, probably 50 inch TV at that photo, good quality photo and really reaching out. And it, it yes. really did demonstrate how, um, how there is that potential to, to shoot 3D. Um, I guess the biggest issue then is is the proliferation of 3D, and this is why 3D will become standard in in televisions and devices, not because of 3D television, but because of 3D content Absolutely. like this. Which yeah. you know, you well, send that to your friends, and and bingo, they're looking at it, and more importantly, send it to YouTube, which has a 3D function as well. That's right. Well, I think you, you hit the nail on the head with 3D. That there there is not that much content out there at the moment. Now, for people who invested in a 3D TV a year ago. Uh, would be sort of scratching their heads wondering, well, uh, there's not really much I could see. Yeah. Like this year's State of Origin, for example, wasn't broadcast in 3D. It was mm-hmm. a, they made a huge deal of it last year being in 3D. But here's this device, the Optimus 3D, that now lets you create your own content. Yep. Uh, and share it, view it on the device. Uh, I, I think it was, uh, it, it's an impressive, impressive device that it's, it's out in the first week in July, uh, through Optus. Yep. Uh, exclusively for a month. Zero dollars uh, on a $59 plan. Yeah, that's, that's a great risky. price. I think for people looking for that, uh, you know, the, the Android smartphones at the moment, there's a lot of them that, that are pretty much on the same tier. This is, I think, uh, a, a device that may be for those people who want to invest in something that, uh, offers a little bit more out of the box. Yeah, look, it's it's a good phone. It's a good Android phone. It's a little heavy, uh, and that's not because of the 3D. I think it might have something to do with the screen and, and the battery because it's got a decent battery to run all this multimedia. Um, but look, I think impressive price, impressive features. But let me let me ask you this: um, Do you remember a couple of years ago when LED first came out? Samsung really owned that space uh, with yep. with the, with their LED range, and they were first to market. I would hazard to guess that LG have are beginning to own the 3D space, and, and there's mm. two reasons for that. One. One, they've they've got integration like this phone to, to the TV, obviously. Yep. But secondly, in their TV range, which we've talked about, they've got those um, you know the lightweight uh, you know twenty dollar glasses style yep. cinema three D. I think those things are compelling, and I think that's um that's a benefit for for LG, and and it's making I, it a really competitive market in the TV yep. space. I've got to agree with you there, Trevor. I think their, their marketing is actually quite clever too. I'm sure you've seen their TV commercials where comparing the old 3D with the new 3, LG 3D, the lightweight glasses that they're never running out of power. Uh, the glasses aren't too heavy. Uh, I think that they're, they're very clever and I think they're winning a lot of customers. I've had a couple of questions through Tech Guide uh, of, of readers wanting my opinion of the LG TVs because uh, they're considering uh, investing. Yep, I think um, I think it's a really interesting time in television, and uh, and this is just adding to that with uh, with great content as well as the as the standard television. Well, it was a busy day. Uh, we we spent the morning looking at the LG Optimus 3D, but and I I headed over in the afternoon to check out Nokia's new device. Now mm. we were told all we were told about this was that uh, it was coming live from Singapore, where Communicasia is right now, and Nokia always have their Nokia Connection event there at the time. Stephen Elop, the um, the CEO of Nokia, was there delivering uh, a keynote and unveiling this product. Now they called this product before we attended the press conference a disruptive uh, announcement. And mm. we're expecting, oh, I expected a, a Windows smart, their first yeah. Windows 7. There phone. was a lot of speculation on that, and it was a big call to, to suggest that that might happen. But uh, in the end, it wasn't a beat. No, not at all. That was the uh, the Nokia N9. Now, it's a smartphone that's running the Mego 
operating system, which just the best description I can give Mego is it's kind of like the son of Android. Uh, if Android ever had a baby with iOS, this the son or daughter <laughs> might look like Mego. It's a simpler smaller version of that operating system which is really easy to use there are no buttons on the device at all it's simple it's a gesture controlled device where swiping to one side gives you your notifications swiping to the other side gives you all your active applications and then there's a simple there's a long menu of app like a whole screen full of applications that you can scroll through and that's it Uh, the device itself is carved from a single piece of polymer which is the same material that's made to use ice that, that's made to create ice hockey helmets so in <laughs> case you want to use this as a go to use this as an ice hockey helmet yeah. then you're you're in luck but uh, the idea is of course that it's very sturdy and it's the same color the whole way through so scratches won't show up on it and everything but screen was very impressive edge to edge glass i think that nokia have been looking for a they've been looking for a smartphone hit for a long time uh they recently Recent announcements and their recent uh, devices haven't sort of quite hit the spot there, but I think this has got a lot of potential uh, later in the year when it's released in August. Well, let me tell you what I think. I think <laughs> if Mego was any good, they wouldn't be running from their burning platform onto a good ship, Microsoft. You know, it's I yeah. mean, it's it's an interim device. Now, it it will have success because it it will probably be affordable, and there are people who will enjoy just a very simple interface. But it's a okay. stopgap until the well, until the can, big guys come along. Can I let me give you? Can I give you my so my opinion then on this one? Mm. I think this has a huge potential because there's going to be so many people in a couple of years that won't be able to buy a phone with buttons on it and they're going to struggle to maybe they're going to struggle with android they might struggle with the iphone this could be the answer for them now you got to remember there's a lot of there's a billion customers that nokia have got oh, yeah. that are going to come from feature phones the, the the simple phones with the buttons and a small screen that are going to be looking for a device a platform for them to use now how many people 3 or 4 years ago used to say oh look i only ever buy a nokia because I, I like the menu system and they, they they're very loyal to the brand Things have changed, of course, in the last few years. But for those customers that are coming off that simpler phone, entering the smartphone space, and let's face it, most phones are going to be smartphones within a couple of years, this could be the device for them. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, we have to thank our good friends at Samsung. Uh, they've just released their range of smart TVs. Now, smart TVs are everywhere. Samsung make theirs in plasma or LED. Uh, so they also make them in a, in a range of sizes all the way up to a huge 64 inches. Now, mm, yeah. your smart TV is not only just for watching your 2D, 3D TV, which it, it is capable of, but it's also your gateway to the internet. You can you can download apps, you can download content, uh, and you surf surf the web from your couch, watch YouTube, uh, pick a movie to watch and stream it right there on your couch, and you can even make and receive video calls using Skype. And I'll give you a great example of smart TV and the Samsung has this at the best of any of them is Twitter. And, and look, I disclose I have a day job at SBS, but this big sort of phenomenon they've had this week at SBS, the go back to where you came from has had a, an amazing response on Twitter. And with the Samsung smart TV, you can have a Twitter page up on the left, on the right hand side of the screen while still watching your television. And that's the kind of thing you can have integration between social media and television. Most TVs, you have to switch between TV and your yeah. social media it's applications. It's great when you're watching Q&A as well. How good's that? Fantastic. More information, head over to samsung.com.au.
Yeah, mate, I, um, obviously, you know, being massive uh, geeks as we are, I'd hate the term, but <laughs> why not? proudly, mate. Bloody oath. Um, I just wish we could find a new word for it. Um, I've got a lot of devices in my home, and I was actually looking recently at my sort of network map, and there's at all times there's at least eight devices connected with an, a maximum of something like, you know, 16 devices using the, the Wi-Fi at any, any different time during the week. And and I, I can very, very clearly remember, and I've told this story before on, on the Your Tech Life podcast, that, having problems with my Wi-Fi because the modem was upstairs in, in a corner office and, you know, it's, I've only got a small townhouse, but even downstairs in the garage where I'm kind of setting up the man cave, I had really bad Wi-Fi. Um, and I remember standing in a store and looking at the wall of, of routers and modems and going, how can I just, you know, extend it? And it was not possible. But a, a little while ago, Netgear released a product called a, a Netgear Wi-Fi extender and it does exactly that. Oh, how handy is it? If you you look at all the devices we're using wireless in our homes now, laptops, tablets, yep. smartphones, gaming devices. Yep. Uh, if your household is anything like mine, I know my kids are a little bit older than yours, and they're always on their phones and on their devices, and I'm just as bad. I'm all I'm on there as well. <laughs> so having a device like this really uh, helps sort of extend the range of your network, plug up those dead spots, because uh, you don't. The last thing you want, Trevor, is your kids saying to you, "Dad, is the internet working? I can't get connect." And so this is a sort of product that can get rid of all those headaches. And, and it's very easy to use, and and essentially it's um it's just a simple box. Uh, you, you plug it in and you you find and 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 connect to your main network and it then basically extends it. It's it is it's as per the box, you know. It's yeah, as there's per there's the an title. LED lights on the side too that helps you find the strongest point of the network or the part of the network that needs boosting, and then you can just it just plugs straight into a power point and then you're away. So essentially, if you've got uh, if you've got a, a a house that's quite wide in 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 its footprint, good to put um you know you kind of you, you could put the modem in the middle and two of these things at each end, or you could put the modem kind of. Uh, in, in one third and then another one could have another third up and you, you get good coverage across the house or if you've got a two-story you'll find that if you use the right spot um, you can really extend it to those corners of the house because often and this is the thing with the, with the way we're moving on all these different devices and tablets a place in the house where you never thought you'd need Wi-Fi is now a place you do because you might be on the tablet or, or, or your kids exactly. might be gaming. Like, do you find that the, like the, the, say the iPad a lot of people like to read their iPad or watch their iPad mm. in bed yeah. Oh, yeah. Beds up off in a corner of the house. Now, this is a product that can bridge that gap where the where the where the uh, network in your home, the the wireless network, really wasn't as strong. Now you got full coverage. So check it out. Uh, that's the Netgear Wi-Fi yeah, range extender. It is. Yep, a great device and uh, well worth checking out if you if you have Wi-Fi connectivity issues across different parts of your home. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now uh, this Sunday, Trevor, T box owners, that's Telstra T box owners. You you oh you've got a T box on I'm home, sitting right next to my big screen TV with there a T box. You go. Well, you'll be very happy to hear then that they're gonna actually activate the Foxtel service which can be piped in, streamed in through the T box. On your, on your big pond connection, unmeted, right. you'll be able to get to up to 30, uh, Foxtel channels. And, uh, look, it's, uh, the base package is, uh, $19.50 and you'll get 11 channels there. Fox 8, MTV, Nickelodeon, Discovery, Nat Geo, Channel V and Lifestyle U. Uh, and then there's several packages above that that you can kind of yeah. chunk on, which are either movie, showtime, entertainment or sport. Um, look, m- uh, the thing here is that it's, it's really hard as a desperate Foxtel 
madman because we've got two foxtel boxes in our house <laughs> plus i've got the tea box and the man cave so you know i'm i i love my foxtel and we 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 live by it because there's just so much content there and there's hundreds yep. of channels but yep. for people that don't have foxtel for whatever reason now it could be because you're in one of those multi-unit dwellings where you know your your, your body corporates are a narc and they won't put it in or whatever it is or you know you, you can't afford to stump up for the full foxtel price if yeah. if you're a, if it's you're a, a telstra customer and a big pond customer and you sign up to one of their bundle plans this getting a t-box is nothing it's like 11 bucks a month um and then adding on foxtel is is a very simple thing just to add on some basic basic channels to yeah. give you that little bit of extra viewing once you get the starter pack uh it's not like you said there's 11 channels i've got i've got to pull you up it's 43 up to 43 channels actually trevor you okay. can get with this package and once you get that starter pack you then you can add a sports pack uh, entertainment pack and a movie pack uh, so it's kind of what I call Foxtel light you can have all, yep. all of these channels but you, we've, we've got to point out though you can't record your Foxtel channels no they're in standard definition Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing though, on, on the recording side, because you can't record, if you do want HD and recording, you really need to go to a full Foxtel service Definitely. with a, with a set top box. But this service also has a number of on demand channels. So all yes. the channels have got a, a linear stream that you can watch, but there's also an on demand version of that channel that lets you go back and watch on demand those programs that have been on during the day. So that kind of gets around the whole non recording issue there. But, uh, I think if, it's quite an affordable solution if you're looking at uh, at grabbing some extra Foxtel content. You know, there's plenty of there to choose from. And uh, it, obviously bringing it in through the broadband connection makes it a lot easier. So you don't need to get anyone in to install uh, a specific, specific device or to dig out your walls. Come straight in through your broadband. And crucially for me, two, two things. People should not underestimate the scale of this announcement. There are 120,000 T-boxes in this country, which to me is a staggering amount. Um, but it just proved how successful this simple device is. But secondly, and, and a kind of a word of warning, because I, you know, I love it, but just be warned. You know, don't expect everything you get on your Foxtel because, you know, nah. the, 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 the sport package is not Fox Sports 1, 2, and 3. It's Fox Sports Play, which is a kind of combo channel. That was so, the first question I asked. Can you watch live rugby league? And they said, no, you can't. Because, <laughs> and, 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 you know, let's not kid ourselves. That's a strategic thing from, from of Telstra. Of course. So that's because worth a lot got, of money to Foxtel. Absolutely. They've got their streaming. I think it's a Telstra decision, not a Foxtel one. But you've got to remember, though, Trevor, Telstra has the IP rights that's to correct. the Rugby League. And so that's why these smart TVs, if you want to stream some footy in through there, then uh, that's uh, that's coming. I on think. your Foxtel or on, on your T-Box already, you can get the uh, the NRL channel, which doesn't have live, but uh, don't kid yourself. The next time the rights are done, that's what they'll be looking for. Big Pond, like they have with the AFL, will be looking for streaming rights. And IP doesn't mean on your computer anymore. It means anywhere in your home. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long. And we talked about Netgear earlier, and we should thank them. They are kind sponsors of the program, netgear.com.au, if you want any uh, anything to do with uh, networking in your home, a new router, a new, comp- a new modem. And uh, I was talking earlier on uh, Your Tech Life about uh, a little product, and, and Steve, you'd, you'd be familiar with the back end of routers where you log in and you do the, the kind yes. of um, tinkering around with your router, and it's... Oh, I've said this to the guys at Netgear. It's an ugly experience. Yes, and, and it's just, for some people, it's harder than flying the space shuttle, that one, Trevor. That's it's right. It's very difficult for so some people. if you've got a Windows machine and you've got a Netgear router and you want to 
work on those back-end things and see how your network's performing and what's on your network, just have a search on Google or go to netgear.com.au for the Netgear Genie, G-E-N-I-E, of course. Um, and there's a very simple, more user-friendly graphical interface which will show you, you know, how your network's performing and what's connected on your network, your router settings, your Wi-Fi connections, you know, how to share files across from your router, all these different things in a really simple, uh, you know, kind of interface. And they've put a lot of work into it. It'll be available on the Mac platform in, in a month or so. It's well worth looking at if you've got a Netgear Very router. Handy. And, uh, and if you need a new router, and I talk a lot to people on, on Your Tech Life, the, the callers who might have a two or three year old router, you know, it is, it is often a, a very important party network and it's the thing that holds it together and it, when you add devices like TVs or Skype or, or network storage and you've got, you know, video and, and, and VoIP content coming across your network, things like dual band and all those kind of things are very important. So, so check out whether you've got the right networking, uh, infrastructure for your own needs and you might find that a Netgear solution will be just right for you. People whinged about the jingles. I should play different ones. I've got to, I've got to, mate, you've, you've got to get on my back about that. You <laughs> a bit know? of variety. Variety yeah, is the spice of life. I keep mate. pressing the same button, don't I? Listen, <laughs> uh, about a year ago, there, there was a lot of hullabaloo about a, a, a mandatory internet filter in this country yeah. through uh, through Minister Stephen Conroy. And, uh, you know, bottom line, it, it, it was it was badly received in, in the press and, uh, and especially the technology press, which helped spruik a whole stack of very biased polls and things against it. But... In the end, the, um, the the government won't be introducing a mandatory internet filter. They just don't have the support for it. But um, what will be happening is um, they're, they're, they're supporting and they're, they're actually funding uh, portions of the rollout of a voluntary filter. Uh, mm-hmm. And I believe, and I'm just you know working on some very simple reports I've read around, but I believe this will commence as of next month. Um, so people with Telstra and Optus and a couple of other ISPs will actually be uh, surfing the net through a filtered connection now. Okay, so what? So to, do the do the customers opt into this, or do the ISPs opt into it and, and let the customers use it that way? How does it work? I, I believe it's an ISP level filter. So you once you're on those ISPs, you are you are on the filter. Uh, and and look, the thing here is that you're not going to notice the speed difference if that's anyone's concern. Because let's hope so. It's, it's a point zero 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 one or something. The reports it was just ridiculous. The the impact that it had on speed was nothing okay. basically. And the only people that are going to notice it are people who are sick, uh, twisted individuals who are surfing the internet for yeah. the most disgusting and filthy content. So the majority of people. We probably don't have to talk about it, and they'll never know about it. But it's important to know that it's happening. Um, and if you've got any concerns, obviously talk to your ISP. But I guess the government will watch closely to see how it's received and whether there's any issues. And I guess this is going to mean that ACMA, uh, the Australian Communications Media Authority, need to start uh, working on that you know, banned list and making sure it's uh, following the right guidelines. But really what needs to happen is that classification review that's that's underway. And I believe also this week they had about the, the entries closed for the, for the review in terms of submissions. They had something like 12,000 submissions to that review. So yeah. a lot of very vocal people about the classification system and hopefully hopefully some of those people were vocal about the, the issues that were very 
sensitive during the uh, filter debate, like uh, euthanasia and and you know things like bomb making and stuff, because there were some mm. some really simple things that were going to get banned that didn't need to be banned under the filter, and really it didn't come down to the filter; yeah, it came down it, to the classification system. It, it is a little bit tricky, this one, isn't it? Like who who filters for who, and like what are the what are the topics that that they that the government assumes we're not going to want to know about, and I think the whole freedom of speech debate then arises. Yep. I think. Uh, and- the, yeah, I agree with you know, that all that that filthy content that you know the pedophiles and, and all those kinds of things all that material that that should be banned it will catch that but um, there are a few gray areas here that people might not uh, might not agree with but time will tell how it works out it, it will and I think that as I said the most important thing is that people that are worried about freedom of speech and classifications have hopefully had their say in the classification review and therefore that will address those issues so we'll have to see how it pans out. Now, there's a really funny story here uh, about a website. Actually, a listener into uh, when I was on the Chris Smith program uh, t- today on Two GB, we were asked about the, the the state of the Club Penguin site. Now, for mm-hmm. those who don't know Club Penguin, my daughter, my ten year old, loves this site. It's a sort of social networking site for kids. Uh, kids only where they, you, you can choose your penguin, you can play games, chat to your friends online. Now, the listener rang through and said, look, you know, there's something wrong with the site. It doesn't let me log in. And the, the, he's paying $6.95 a month to be a member. And another listener then called and said, yeah, I'm having the same problem. And we, we, uh, we, we, qu- we quickly found out that apparently Disney, the company who actually bought the Club Penguin website for $700 million, Forgot to renew the domain name, oh, and it is a is fundamental error that that big businesses can really get caught out because um, you know it's often you know a little Joe Blow in the corner that you know eight years ago registered a name or something, or especially when you buy companies and things like that, you don't realise that these are the things you have to keep your head around. And you know companies should be and are now spending thousands of dollars a year to have people monitor their. Their, their rights in terms of their, the things they own and for them to let this slip the, the oh, fortunate yeah. thing here is that, that they didn't lose the domain now it, it, I know intimately the domain process because I sell domain names and you know a domain is, is firstly expires uh, and then it takes some 15 days before the domain is deactivated and it's a little yeah. while after that before it's even possible to register it so what probably happened here is the domain expired uh, no yeah, one noticed. The domain expired on June the yep. 14th, and then a week later, the site was just That's gone. right. So the d- domain went into deactivation mode, but fortunately, they realized it before it was made publicly available again, so they were able to recover themselves and get the domain back before it went on the open market. <laughs> and some uh, lucky... Imagine if someone bought it out from under them. You exactly. They would have had to pay big money to get it back again. Well, but... do you remember you remember the story about uh, hardware.com.au? Bunnings owned that, and they, they let it lapse, and, uh, and Woolworths have bought that, and they now own hardware.com.au just as a, a kind of a, a floater for their new masters yeah. uh, building and hardware site. So, yeah, right. you know, but, really uh, interesting in, stuff. In the, in the case of uh, Club Penguin, the administrators were, were quite embarrassed and admitted that uh, they had let the domain lapse. They actually released a statement to that effect saying, yeah, the domain had expired, but it's since been restored. Uh, the background of Club Penguin is that it was set up by two Canadian fathers. I actually interviewed one of them when I was working at The Telegraph a few years ago, mm. created this social network. He, he, him and him and his friend, two fathers, that they thought, well, we need a site that's safe for kids. Yep. They created it in 2005, and then along came Disney in 2007 and paid $700 million to buy the site. Uh, but 
They had a bit of a goof when they didn't renew it. They can afford $700 million to buy the site but couldn't afford the renewal costs. I think someone's going to lose their job over this. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Mate, just quickly to wrap up, we've got a couple of minutes, um, a couple of things somewhat related to that. The um, the ICANN, the, the global internet body, uh, this week announced that um, very, later next or early next year the uh, there'll be a whole new set of domain names launched. So not .com, not .net, dot, not .au, but just .anything. So big businesses yeah. will be able to apply for .anything. So I predict, so you know... You're going to go for .your tech life? I'm going to be bidding for .tech guide. Is that, are these, is that what you're talking about? Or you, are they you've brand, got, mainly brand names? You, you've got a couple of hundred thousand dollars up your sleeve, have you, champion? Um, <laughs> oh, hopefully will by then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the process here is that, um, and, and if you want to know more about it, I would encourage you to have a listen to Your Tech Life this week, number 92. I interviewed the boss of Melbourne IT, and we talked about it in great detail, but in very simple terms, you know, community groups could get together, um, and or a group of, uh, of restaurants could get together and, and off, offer uh, a bid for uh, food, so it would be dot .food, so then you could have, you know, bills.food and, you know, rockpool.food. Yeah. Um, okay. uh, New York City's already announced they will bid for NYC, um, so, you know, and you can see how that would be localizing the internet, so you could have, you know, okay. jimsplumbing.myc, so that would be very clearly a local business. Um, you'll have big companies like, you know, Ford and Holden, you know, bidding for their names so that they can have, like, Commodore.Holden. But as I said to, to Theo, the boss of Melbourne IT, look, It'll be confusing. Can you imagine a banner ad or a billboard uh, on the on the on the highway that just says, you know, um, buy the latest Commodore, Commodore dot Holden, and it's like, is that a website? Or so it's going to be five or ten years before people understand what this is because yeah, people expect dot com. Exactly. They just expect it to be a dot com or a dot com au. So that's pretty interesting. And just quickly, the other thing, and you might know more about this. There's this company uh, that that was hacked or something this week, and yeah, everyone whose IT, website yeah. they ran this- is gone. That's right, yeah. Dis- Distribute.it, I think, is the server, the company. The, there's the, uh, they, they, they were hacked. They were hosting something like 4,800 websites that Jeez. are now just gone because these, they were so badly hacked and uh, they, they think it, it's beyond retrieval now that all these websites have just v- evaporated. That is just staggering, and it just shows. And so, a couple of lessons from 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 this week's show. If we can be preachers, or I can be a preacher, um, if you're a small, or medium, or large business, who's controlling your website? Who's controlling your domain name? Call them into a room and sit them down and make sure that you have full awareness of every domain name and when it expires and what you have in terms of backups for your website. Because it's not about does the server, the people that host it, have a backup. Do you have a backup? Because then you can redeploy that site on other servers. That's what it's all about. Once again, a big thank you to Netgear and Samsung Smart TVs, netgear.com.au and samsung.com.au. Mate, we'll be back again next week for all the latest on technology. Go to techguide.com.au for everything Stephen Fennick's doing, and you can find him on Facebook as well. Thank you. Yeah, looking forward to next week already, Trevor. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you then. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long 